No. Podcast with Chad Ferguson. Hey everybody, this is Chad with I Want to Know and our friend Carla. This is start number four as we try to figure out our technical difficulties. Uh, we're failing a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, I, uh, my nephew has a girlfriend who's uh, um, got a broadcasting degree. And oh, so cool. we're waiting to get her over here and help us out with some of this stuff. Awesome. It will be amazing. So my guest today is Carla Mayfield, runs Mayfield uh, Renovations here in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, we've been friends for five or six years, had you on the podcast before and failed miserably. So we're, <laughs> we're starting over again. This one will be excellent. See, uh, I don't have it that we failed at, at all before. We're or just today. getting better every time. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I got to think back to uh, where we were talking about uh, leadership um, mm-hmm. and what that means and how to be mm-hmm. vulnerable in leadership or whether mm-hmm. we should be vulnerable in leadership. Totally, yeah, and it was because because where it got cut off last time was right at talking, just getting going, talking about me being a woman in construction, right, and um, this like title or whatever you have of CEO or president or whatever, and you had said, right. "Do I feel like it? No, like, not. <laughs> a, I don't know what that's supposed to feel like." But do you, do you get anyone at work that calls you boss? Like, yes, boss. Thank you, boss. Can yeah. I do that, boss? Cassie does sometimes. Yeah. She has sometimes, and I've been like that. Sometimes I've just let her say it, and then other times I'm like, that just feels really odd. So yeah, like I've gone through some different places of I'm not sure if I like it, but then yes someone is in charge, right. someone's accountable for what you're, you're doing. You're supposed to be the boss. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so why wouldn't they call you boss? Right, yeah. We, um, uh, our pastor right now is doing a sermon on obedience and mm. where you should be in the workplace and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he was that guy that when he was in the working world, he was like, yes, boss, thank you, boss. Let's do this, boss. I'm on board, mm-hmm. boss. Like he was 100% that guy. And uh, so he says it wasn't for his bosses. It was to keep his mindset right Mm. um, so that when he showed up to work, he showed up with an attitude of obedience and getting Mm. the job done and being the most productive because he knew he had to answer to somebody. Mm -hmm. And so I really liked that. And now... When guys call me, because before I was like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't call me boss. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would, uh, or, you know, try to dissuade them from doing that Mm -hmm. Uh, where now I'm okay with it where it's not because they're not doing it for me they're doing it for them and so I don't want to steal that from yeah that's so interesting it's like man that ties in with the whole feeling like it was a failure it I don't I don't think it was (laughs) but yeah yeah, it's like and one of our earlier takes when you had shared that I had said yeah and like when I was driving home I was like why do you talk so much yeah Yeah. (laughs) which that exists over here with me (laughs) (laughs) not going on with you at all. So I never thought about that, that it actually could be the, whoever's like the employee or subcontractor, it could be like for them to create their own frame of reference. Interesting. I used to tell people uh, not to steal my ability to give. So when I ran the the martial arts thing here in town, I did it for Mm -hmm. free. And I said, this is, this is for me. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, a selfish thing to give away because we know what the reward is going to be for, for giving. Um, But you shouldn't steal that for someone. So when Mm -hmm. when I have a friend say, Hey, can I take you for coffee? Even though they could barely afford the coffee, I never say no. I'm I'm always, cause I'm not, I don't want to steal their ability to give. I'm learning that, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard one, isn't it? It is. Like this leadership program I was sharing with you earlier this morning or earlier this afternoon. um, 
it is like hitting me where it hurts because yeah. I'm learning that part of how I've operated through my life is I don't really allow people to contribute to me. Right. So, yeah. And like that, I've had a lot of these thoughts tied into leadership. Like, did I end up being an entrepreneur because I was so independent Yeah. that I, it, it could be. There's like no other way to go because you couldn't yeah. take from somebody totally else. Right. <laughs> well, and, and, and perhaps non- that's where why I'm where I'm at. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and it's not either good or bad. It's just it, it was is. what it was, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's how you developed into the yeah. person you are, and now you know more. You're going to do more. You're going to mm-hmm. you know take these courses and learn from other mm-hmm. people and and grow your company mm-hmm. through those things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. like being the boss? Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I like to tell people, like, what to do. <laughs> um, I I have a clear vision, and yeah. I can see ever since I've been younger, like, I can picture where something can go and, like, what we can do. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that I've had the ability through my life that people would believe that vision, like, whatever I'm creating. Yeah. And so... I think that that has naturally that and then this need to be this ridiculous need that I'm like breaking through these imaginary barriers in my life right now, <laughs> like needing to be independent and not having people contribute to my life is like yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now that I see that, I'm I'm like actively out to change that about myself. Um, but yeah, I think I like to be the leader and it's also terrifying at times. It's yeah. a huge responsibility and... Um, actually when I do it on my own, yeah, it is terrifying. It would keep me up at night. Yeah. And then it's like in the team of people around you in, in subcontractors, all of that, that there is, um, for me anyways, where I can find some peace of mind yeah. is that I'm not in this alone. Right. So when I'm operating from doing it on my own, that whole like independent thing, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. So it's both terrifying and exhilarating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think that's the joy of, of being in a leadership role is that you have all this responsibility on you. So mm-hmm. you're super focused. I think what you said earlier too, being able to visualize the whole system mm-hmm. is, is a, an attribute of uh, leadership. I had it at work mm-hmm. recently. We're, we're building a new spray foam truck and I've built mm. four of them. But the cool. very first one I built, I just envisioned it and then I did it. There's mm-hmm. no drawings, no blueprints, no nothing. I just built the truck mm-hmm. the way I knew it should go together. Mm-hmm. Now I have a, a, a person underneath me building the truck mm-hmm. now. And so I'll be like, you know, just visualize what the airlines are like in the other one and then run those airlines. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. I can't visualize. And I'm like, oh, crap. Not everyone has the same brain that I do. Right. That's I a can, you thing. That's, that's 100% of me. And, and so the challenge was, like, how do I develop this so that he can do this job uh-huh. and I don't have to do it? Mm-hmm. Because as a, as a general manager of this larger company, I can't mm-hmm. do all the jobs. Mm-hmm. I have to develop systems so other people can do the jobs. Yeah. And that's uh, a completely different challenge because I could develop systems for me. Yeah. And you just memorize them and you go mm-hmm. do those. Totally. But yeah. developing them for other people so that they understand them and they can do mm-hmm. them without having to come to you a mm-hmm. thousand times is a challenge. Yeah. And like, it's kind of, it's, I've read so much about business through the years and taking courses and, and so many things. Um, and yeah, there is that like ability to translate. I mean, it's your systems and processes ultimately, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's in somewhere the magic one, one of the magic ingredients <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> is like in being able to translate what's in here out into a duplicatable 
fashion, right. which is, this is what you're pointing to that it, it's yeah. a struggle. I have that too. Yeah. This is sort of like if you're naturally good at being creative and like visualizing things, that kind of stuff, you're not necessarily great at yeah. uh, the systems and processes and things like that. Yeah. And it's a challenge. Like, I think we talked about this a little bit last time on how we have to have um, something hard in our life all the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> it seems like that. <laughs> well, and, and it's important. I think, mm-hmm. I think if that went away, like we would literally be on the verge of suicide. Yeah. If there wasn't a challenge. You get up in the morning because there's a challenge. In front yeah. Of you. Yeah. Life is like so pointless without having something on the line right. for something. Yeah. You, so how many employees do you guys have at Mayfield now? So we've had a, t- a team of seven, um, you think I'd have this off the top of my head? <laughs> Two of them being subcon, they're contractors as well. Yeah. Um. And so it's slow here in Calgary. We've had some layoffs. We're a smaller team even right now. Right. I hadn't told you that. No. You did not know that. No. Tom, right now. <laughs> um. So we're moving more and more into just doing the general contracting of the job, which is what we've always done. But yeah. Like really doing very little in-house. Yeah. So it started out all those years ago where dad did most of the work himself. Had a team of five or six people. and Yeah. They, yeah and even like when employees. I was growing up, it was just him. And um, in Saskatchewan, he would have, one of my uncles would would was a framer. So he'd yep. frame the houses for dad. They'd work together. But dad would do most things himself and get a helper as needed. Yeah. And then through the years when we moved to Alberta, when I started working for him 15 years ago as just like a site tech, but I mean, it wasn't even that. <laughs> I was the cleaning crew. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can pick stuff up totally. and put it in the bin. Yeah, yeah totally. And um, actually, I started changing all those years ago the language instead of talking about our customers. I intentionally started calling them our clients, our homeowners, um, and that our laborers were site technicians and like putting some some like professionalism and intentionality behind what we were calling things. Right. Um, so we went through the years of having lots of employees and doing everything in house. And I remember at the time, like so arrogant, right? <laughs> Thinking, why do these other con- like renovation general contractors sub things out? Right. Why don't they have it all in house? Well, you know, through the years, financially, <laughs> you do all sense. these things yeah. right up and down. <laughs> and so now, um, perhaps I'm a slow learner. I don't know. But now I'm actually moving the model to that where we're managing the project. And part of me also developing my leadership skills is how do we set that expectation that the subcontractors do their whole job perfectly start to finish and fill the gaps between one another. Right. So things have to be more lean. Right. I mean, ultimately, it's not just construction. All business, I think, moves that way. Um, for us, it's not, I'm not, uh, we've talked about this before. Like I'm not a profit driven person. Right. Yeah. I like money and I like, I like to travel and scuba dive, but it is not what gets me out of bed in the morning. Like I could care less if that's all it was, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Right. So it's not for us about profit. It's about that the economy, like the market is demanding here in Calgary that things operate leaner. Yeah. So that's like that whole like adapt or die as things change. Right. And um, my business coach, I remember her hearing her say this a couple of years ago that um, the market returns dollars for value. And so if you're not solve the bigger the problem you solve, the bigger the paycheck. Correct. 
And so I've been looking at that the last couple of years as things in Alberta went down and now they've stayed like down. Yeah. I don't know that they stayed down. Like this is our normal. Right. And so we've had some big highs. Yeah. Those were inflated. Right. Like not at all realistic. Yeah, we can't run at that mm-hmm. that level all the time. It doesn't make sense to be there. Yeah. yeah. So I look at that and I'm like, where are like contracts that we didn't we did not land the job? And then people said, Oh, we had another quote that was way less. Well, I know there's a few things, a few factors. Some people bid stuff lower. Mm-hmm. I do know what things cost. I've been doing this for 15 <laughs> years, exactly. right? So a lot of those clients end up spending what we said in the first place. But like, where do we need to adapt in order to still be solving the problem that the market has? Right. It really has nothing to do with what I want to do. It's like, what is the need out there? Exactly. You, If you're not fulfilling someone else's needs, you're not going to be successful in business at all. No. And yeah. a, another contractor friend of ours um, builds these massive, uh, like, estate home type stuff mm-hmm. and, like, six, yeah. $8 million builds here in Calgary, mm-hmm. which is an expensive build. Yeah. And he competes all the time for builds. He's mm-hmm. one of the top guys. And he he says he'll compete against those guys. It'll bid everything at bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And so he's very detailed in his quote and mm-hmm. he lists things out that the homer wants and he prices those. Mm-hmm. But he has his basic build cost in there as well. Yeah. He, he goes, you'll always find some contractor that doesn't listen mm-hmm. and just prices it at the bare minimum they have to do to do totally. the job. But then it doesn't include stuff like you know, $12 exotic hardwood floors or $50 a square foot countertops or, you know, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they present it to the owner and like, oh no, that in the original contract, it just included, you know, a $20 laminate countertop in this (laughs) four and a half million dollar house. Totally. What, how, how, why would you even bid it that way? Totally. Yeah. I'm so excited, Chad. I I realize there's something else I haven't shared with you yet because we haven't talked. (laughs) I know. It's been, well, literally since the last podcast. Yeah. So it's been, it's been like a few weeks, if not a couple months. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm starting this summer. I'm going to be offering two different online boot camps for people. One to teach them how and to go through like some of the tools that I use to estimate their own projects. Very cool. And one to teach people how to manage their own projects. Very cool. Yeah. So in like seeing, like listening to people, what they want, what they don't want. And one of the things that is really important to me that I'm going to be sharing with homeowners who want to manage their own projects and estimate their own projects is this is exactly what happens in this market. I see it all right. the time. One contractor is like, no, we can do it for X amount, which is like 0.8 right. of what it actually is going to cost. And then the homeowner, they lack the training. It's not that it's not that they're ignorant. No. They just, they don't have the education. Right. So then by offering them the tools where they can actually look, there's a level of finish that goes with certain neighborhoods, you know, people's style preference, those kinds of things. And I find it very misleading in this industry of residential renovations when the contractors aren't sharing that. And um, yeah, just through the years, some of the pet peeves that I've had personally, I'm like, okay, if I can marry those, the things I love to educate and then what do people actually need? So yeah. right now people want things for less. Then how can I adapt for that? 
We we just had it recently at work, and it, 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 I think what you're teaching is super important for people to know because mm-hmm. I would get three quotes for my bosses on mm-hmm. renovation that we're doing, we're, we're um, growing, turning our storage room into offices, cool. with a bunch of moved a bunch of storage rooms and stuff. You should come by our new. I would offices. love it's that. Cool. Yeah, totally. But anyways, I bring uh, three electrical companies in, and yeah. I tell them all the exact same story. I actually yeah. wrote down the story so mm-hmm. that they could get the same ones: the type of lights I wanted, how yeah. many plugs I wanted, how much low voltage stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that was on my wish list. And then mm-hmm. one guy came in at $40,000. Mm-hmm. Another guy came in at thirty, and another guy came in at twenty. Yeah. And so I present this to my bosses, and my boss says, oh, I want the $20 one. And I'm like, do you see that they don't have all the stuff that What's we require? Missing? What's missing, right? <laughs> and yeah. so I said, cheaper isn't always better. Yeah. And so I went back to the guy that I knew, mm-hmm. and he was the 40000 one because he was giving us everything that I wanted, like uh-huh. everything on my wish list. And yeah. so I showed my bosses, these are the two choices that we have. We can get nothing mm-hmm. for twenty grand or everything for forty. He's like, Well, I don't want to spend forty. I'm like, mm-hmm. well let's just dial down the stuff that we want then. Yeah. And then we solved that problem. We came in at about twenty eight thousand dollars for Perfect. all the electrical. And that's our yeah. new budget. Give it to the guy that I trust mm-hmm. the most that quoted it the way I asked. Yeah. And then that's what he did. And yeah. then it was a couple extra. So we ended up around yeah. thirty grand anyways. Yeah. So we didn't get everything on our wish list, but mm-hmm. because it doesn't fit in your budget all the time. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because you as the client directed that process. Right. And think about you could do that, Chad, because you have all these years of experience in this industry. Like probably decades of experience in this industry. That's all I've ever done is I know, right? Yeah. So then what's like it makes me so sad with homeowners that they don't know that. Yeah. And so they're going to go, sometimes they go another way. I've always through the years looked at people who, um, if they didn't choose us, I really think, I don't think anything hinges on any one thing. Right. Like I don't think business hinges on one sale. No. I mean, dating, like anything in life, <laughs> it doesn't hinge on one, right? Yeah. So I've always tell, told myself that through the years, um, sort of like encouraging myself if I ever get down about things, it's like, my company does not hinge on whether I do or don't get a particular sale. Right. And so the ones through the years, some of the ones that we didn't get um, by keeping the relationship with them, and I haven't always been successful at keeping a relationship, Yeah. but the ones that I have, a lot of times we hear back, they spent what we told them, <laughs> you know, had a terrible experience, Yeah. on and on and on. It's very rarely, but once in a while, they did actually get a genuinely good job for less. That is the outlier yeah. um, through the through the last 15 years. But those clients who had um, a less than stellar experience and spent what we said they would spend anyways, yeah. guess who is a fantastic client <laughs> for the next rental? Well, that's <laughs> but it's a, like 10 years later, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and the truth of the matter is there's lots of good contractors out oh, there. Oh, yeah. Tons totally. of great people to mm-hmm. work with. And I think that when people go into industry with a welfare mentality, meaning like, <laughs> Oh, no one does it like we do. And and it should be a little bit of uh, a difference between you and other companies. Mm -hmm. But you have to know there's lots of good ones out there. Totally. And how do you compete with those? Because if you're not competing with the really, really good ones, Mm -hmm. how are you going to get better and and create that difference, right? Totally. When you're uh, looking at MMA fighters... Mm-hmm. When they go into a training camp, they'll mm-hmm. their camp doesn't look at how you beat the other person. Mm-hmm. You also ask, how is that person going to beat you? Oh, wow. Interesting. So you look at it from the other uh, person's standpoint and like, yeah. if I'm going to fight 
you know, if you're going to fight Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. then you're going to say, how is Ronda Rousey going to beat me up? Of course. And then you yeah. have to solve that problem. So you mm-hmm. take away their ability and then mm-hmm. you have to look at what you're going to do to win that right. fight. So it's not only, um, yeah. you know, you have to look at it from both sides. So you're actually grounded in reality because you're actually fighting a fight that is what's happening instead of your imaginary yeah. fantasy of what you're great at. We were so guilty at Beyond Foam, like, oh, we've got the best everything. Right. We do the best everything. And then yeah. we started watching things decrease and went oh well maybe we aren't the best what do we get like we had to really dial (laughs) this is where my business coach is like the market is like nope we do not want what you're selling and you're like but it's so awesome (laughs) (laughs) we have a premium product we have the premium product yeah like guess what don't care (laughs) right well that's it if if people don't have the budget to do spray foam and they only have the budget for bats yeah you better learn to do bats right totally that's it and so that's what we've implemented we now have our in-house loose fills crews and bat and poly crews and Mm -hmm. um, we do everything now yeah um but we're also a spray foam company so yeah. we do that and that's what you got to yeah. do is what you're talking about as a mm-hmm. renovator is what what are we mm-hmm. not doing uh mm-hmm. to meet the budget or to meet the industry or the um the mm-hmm. needs of the customer totally and that's where like my ideas of this like online like boot camps for clients is like well what are you going to give them away no they'll they'll be for a cost okay. i mean there's val there's huge value there yeah well, i agree um it'll be Instead of me, like, I'll be holding their hand, but in a group setting. Oh, yeah, yeah they're going to love it. People yeah. are going to, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. Yeah. Um, there's, um, you know who Robin Black is? No. Uh, intergalactic rock star. Um, he was a band in the 90s, I think. And I remember now he's... that I grew up under a rock. <laughs> That's, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but tell me all about him because he sounds really cool. <laughs> Anyways, he, he, he's one of these really, really creative people. So mm-hmm. at a very young age, he started a band. He mm-hmm. became an MTV um, uh, video announcer, yeah. VJ, I guess they're called. Um, and then he went into martial arts and became cool. a martial arts commentator and, and mm-hmm. that. But um, as the industry in martial arts was growing, he wasn't finding his fit inside there. Mm-hmm. So he just decide I'm going to give it away and mm-hmm. so he would go on and he does these one minute breakdowns of mm-hmm. the great knockout or submission mm-hmm. or whatever happened in a fight that was great and he's mm-hmm. he's brilliant at it mm-hmm. um, but for years he gave it all away and yeah. now he's getting jobs for TSN and for mm-hmm. you know uh, 1FC and, and all these uh, other mm-hmm. big organizations because he gave it away yeah. so that's why I was curious when you were asking right like, I are got you gonna, it are you going to create this where mm-hmm. you know um, if you create something that's sellable yeah. Um, and you give it away. What's the benefits of that, right? Totally. Yeah. So, and I love that. Thanks for asking that because that gives like a context to it. They're going to be very affordable. Like, mm-hmm. um, because I haven't actually finished the course material yet. This is why I'm still developing it. I think I'm going to charge about $150 Yeah. and it'll be something that happens over a couple of weeks, like okay. a daily thing, yeah. one hour a day, that kind of thing. And so if they're able to manage the project themselves and save 20% on the whole project, yeah. I mean, the value is amazing. Bucks is nothing. It's cheap, right? Yeah. So yes, in a sense, I'm giving it away. But um, the people who want, what I found through the years is people who want something for nothing, there's, there's two, what I've seen is that there's two scenarios there and there could be many more. But yeah. from my perspective, there's the people who genuinely don't have the money. Right. So then... They have those courses at Home Depot and stuff like that. Right. So that 
they're, they can educate themselves on that. But then there's people who think they know more than I do. <laughs> right. I don't want to work with them anyways. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I'm filtering them out yeah. and I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. um, and that's just how I've looked at it through the years. It's like, you know more than me about my industry. Great. Yeah. Like, Go have fun. And I wish you, I really, truly wish people the best. I, I, I'll tell you this story because it's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call when I was in sales to go uh, quote a guy on his basement. Yeah. And he he told the our, our schedule over the phone that he wanted spray foam. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. And I get there and I do my whole spray foam speech, right? I've done this 15 million times. Mm-hmm. And he's arguing with me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you, you don't want spray foam? Oh, no, no. I want spray foam. And then I would get back into it, and he would yeah. argue with me and tell me mm-hmm. what. I'm like, I don't know where to go with this guy. So I finally <laughs> said, listen, I don't think this is going to work out. I don't. Yeah. You don't want me. You don't want my information. Yeah. I, I'm a pro at this. I'm mm-hmm. uh, you know, top-notch sales guy at this. I know mm-hmm. the industry inside and out. And you just want to argue about it. So I'm mm-hmm. not here to argue with you. I'm here to mm-hmm. give you something that is helpful. doesn't sound like I have anything yeah. that's going to work for you. So I'm going to go. And as I'm walking, I was like, no, 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 don't go. I want you guys to do that. And I'm like, yeah. then why are you arguing? Why right. are you telling me that I'm wrong in, in this stuff that I've been doing for 10 years? What did uh, he say? He, he stopped and looked at me. And he's like, well, I'm just trying to. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to too. I'm trying to give you the information. Mm-hmm. But if you're only here to argue with me, then mm-hmm. this isn't going to work for either of us. Because mm-hmm. you're not getting what you want. You mm-hmm. want someone to tell you that you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to do that. I'm yeah. here to tell you what's not going to cause me warranty mm-hmm. and where I can do a job and get paid and then mm-hmm. walk away with no, you know, I, I can sleep that night. Mm-hmm. I don't feel guilty about anything. Yeah. And so if that doesn't work for you, then I'm going to go. Yeah. And uh, he ended up phoning the office and complaining about me. Right. It's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets complaints. Um, and then hiring us anyways to do the job that I was selling him. He just right. liked to argue. But I'm right. like, what's the point? Right. Right. But yeah. there's definitely those customers out there that totally. that think they know everything. They've mm-hmm. read Google and imagine how many doctors have to deal with this, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> well, I'm like, I, I want you've actually inspired me, Chad. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm like, oh, it's so fun to talk to you, right? <laughs> because the other thing, what you don't know is that I'm actually setting up, I'm moving the location. We're home office. Right. So I'm moving the location of my office because right now, like I'm all about just like being pragmatic and what's needed. Yeah. Our producer Our producer's has... dropping stuff. <laughs> He's fine though. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing I'll drop has been him damaged. on his head later. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, my, my office, because I'm very pragmatic, it's like not pretty. Right. Yeah. And, and like what's behind my desk is a closet with the door off so that there's two filing cabinets that fit in it and the drawers open. <laughs> so um, I'm really excited this summer as well to get some YouTube videos going nice. about sharing, like educating with th- these kinds of things, right? Yes. Because a lot of times I find people, sometimes are they arguing because they don't know? And those kind of questions is, can we answer those questions ahead of time? Um, and I, yeah, I don't know why I had this weird fear that I didn't want to talk or be seen mm. in like, like in this kind of a format. And it's, I had a lot of fun. It's so easy to do this, I right? know. So you inspired <laughs> me. Thank you. Cool. You, yeah. I, I'm thinking about this program and you, um, if you wanted, we mm-hmm. would be up to coming yeah. in and speaking from the insulation standpoint, but you have all these professionals around you, right? Yes. Professional framers and electricians totally. and, you know, what yeah. my electrician knows about <clears throat> lighting, LED mm-hmm. versus incandescent and, and you oh know, my the goodness, 3300, totally. 4400, yeah. People don't even know what those f- terms are. It's right? going to be so much fun. And yeah. I, this is, I wrote a blog. So I've been writing blogs on like questions that either things that I, I, 
talk to homeowners about consistently the same conversation. Yeah. Um, and so the videos will be those kinds of things too. And so, um, like one of them and what made me think of this was when people are like, they watch those shows on TV, HGTV or whatever. Like, why is it so expensive here? Like why? And this is a conversation that I have a lot with clients and, um, or potential clients. And it's like, when you think about, think about the planet and it's just easier to live the closer you are to the equator. Right. Hence higher populations. Yeah. Um, then labor is super cheap. Right. So there's more people. There's more people to do things. And then when you go farther, closer to either North or South Pole, right. less population, harsher environment to live in, so greater needs of the structure, the building, all of that. So true. Right? And doesn't this make total sense? This is yep. why it's so much more money here. Yeah. Have you ever seen it presented in that way? No, but as you're talking, I'm like, well, that's absolutely right? the way it is. Like, you take a look at Vikings and why yes. they were so strong is because they grew up in the, the northern yeah, hemisphere. it was hard to live. It was hard to live. If you can survive yeah. that, well, yeah. kick everybody's ass. Totally, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, in my, I love construction and yeah. I'm also like, I also am like quite bored of yeah. the reoccurring, like, <laughs> rah, rah, why is it so expensive? Yeah. It's expensive for a reason, and it's not because people are trying to gouge people. So, like, a lot of times with clients, when I explain this, I'm like, you know what? Like, you're free to save your money for a couple years. Yeah. And I think if we have a clear vision on why that matters, yeah. then, okay, so if you're, and I have this conversation with some clients, I'm like, so you're entertaining, and you, your friends are over, and the one drawer front has fallen off and you've like <laughs> Jimmy screwed it yourself so that yeah. it stays on. But instead of being embarrassed by that, if we've had a conversation that's very empowering, which is my intention with my conversations with everybody, yeah. is then you know that you're actually saving your money for two more years right. so that you'll do your renovation properly and without this great debt load. Yeah. Well, then that's cool. Who cares that there's a screw on the front of your drawer? Yeah. But if we don't have those conversations and we don't understand why, um, then it's like people are just frustrated. Right. So this uh, is some excited <clears throat> videos to do this. This is so cool because it's right? lining up with so many things that are happening in mm -hmm. and around me. So when we did this, uh, Dave Ramsey, Financial Freedoms, mm -hmm. you've probably heard of him. Yes. And it's just a matter of like, instead of waiting to see what bills come in, yeah. knowing what they're going to mm -hmm. be, including planning clothes yes. and entertainment and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You put that in your budget. So at the beginning yeah. of the month before mm -hmm. you start anything, you know where all your money's going instead mm -hmm. of waiting for that stuff to come flowing right. in. So it's doing the work to be organized. Renovation, same thing, right? Totally. To go and gut my main floor before I have a plan to put it together, it's just going to cost me twice as much money. Maybe not yeah. twice. It's going to cost you a bunch more money to figure that yeah. out as you go. Huge headaches. Yeah. yeah. But if you can pre-plan like yeah. everything out and be good at it, mm -hmm. it's okay. You you can, and we literally have a broken um, uh, drawer front in our Oh, kitchen. that's so awesome, Jeff. <laughs> I, Guess I, what? I, you and so many other people. <laughs> I love it when I see that. Like, yes, well, this house has like served its purpose. Yeah, I, I looked in my kitchen as you're making your coffee, and yeah. your knee bumps the cupboard <laughs> shut. I'm like, because that doesn't stay shut. I didn't and, even notice that. <laughs> and then we have our uh, our utility drawer that yeah. literally broke, so I yeah. took it apart and I glued it yeah. back together, clamped awesome. it, and all that. But we know from you coming in here what mm -hmm. we want as a layout inside of our main yes. floor. So that was yeah. two years ago, three years ago. I think ago? so. Yeah. yeah, I know. Oh, and can't you just see how awesome this would be mm -hmm. when you do that? Yeah. Okay, this is so cool to hear this, Chad, because it gave, didn't it give you and your family freedom? Yes. 
Uh, I so, love that. So one, we have this number sitting in front of us mm-hmm. um, that uh, I, bl- yeah. I don't want to, because it was a couple of years ago, yeah. I'm not trying to give away pricing, but yeah. uh, to do our main floor renovation, mm-hmm. I think it was somewhere around $108,000, $110,000. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Right? So it was somewhere yeah. around there and that might have mm-hmm. changed and we kind of had two different options of styles mm-hmm. of kitchens being one, um, yeah. a, a shorter life kitchen and then yeah. one a longer life kitchen. I'm yeah. not going to throw any companies under the bus but you guys gave us that choice and then uh, we looked at like flooring allowances Mm -hmm. and appliance allowances and Mm -hmm. all that so now in our head we went okay well that was more money than we were expecting Mm -hmm. at the time and does it make sense so even when your dad was here he's like don't don't do this now because the market doesn't hold up like you put a hundred thousand dollars into the house in this Mm -hmm. neighborhood Mm -hmm. you're never going to get that out especially if you're Mm -hmm. leaving in four or five years or not sure where you're going to go and so you know when I glued that drawer back together it wasn't an embarrassment it wasn't a failure it was just like uh, we got plans. We're not sure exactly yeah. where they're landing yet, yeah. but at least we have a couple You're of working ideas. working towards a goal. That's I just right. love that chat. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, you sharing this back with me makes like all of what we're doing worthwhile. Absolutely. Like, thank you for sharing that. You have to change an industry, right? We, mm. uh, I was telling you, and I think it was on one of the recordings that <laughs> failed, but I recently met a lady that's running a drywall company, which there's yes. not a whole bunch of those out there. I wanted to hear, yeah, who is she? Uh, so her name is Jani, and she yeah. runs Lifestyle Drywall. Cool. Um, me, as a, the manager of a spray foam company, we try to partner yeah. with as many companies as we can to get as much work in and then mm-hmm. plus working for homeowners. Mm-hmm. Um, and working with drywall companies is difficult. I grew up yeah. doing drywall. Most of my family are drywallers. And unfortunately, they're all stero- stereotypical drywallers, mm-hmm. as was I. Where you know you you drink a lot. <laughs> I'm like, tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever met a drywaller that's a heavy drinker. That's right. <laughs> so, anyways, they're all very stereotypical, mm-hmm. and so it's difficult to do business with people like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not pigeonholing mm-hmm. all of them because there's a lot of very good drywallers yeah. out there. But unfortunately, the majority of them are there. They're mm-hmm. these drunken people that aren't overly motivated. Don't do their mm-hmm. paperwork well. They right. they're just not great business people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was frustrating for me as a manager or the spray foam company to keep going after these companies and watch them go bankrupt or not pay their bills or you mm-hmm. know go missing for three weeks. I'm like, how do you go missing for three weeks <laughs> when you own a business? Like, what right. the heck? Right. So anyways, super, super frustrating. So mm-hmm. I'd kind of set the, like, I'm not going after drywallers mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and then I meet Jenny. And Jenny's got this beautifully run drywall company. Mm. She's small. She's growing. Mm-hmm. She has a great plan ahead. her number. For sure. We'll yeah. share. Um, and so this was a lady that I'm like, I could partner with this person all yeah. day. I could sell her product yeah. all day and never have uh, a worry that she's mm-hmm. going to go missing or not show mm-hmm. up. And even her subcontractors, yeah. she's only allowing her business to grow as far as she has good subcontractors. That's brilliant. So instead of going after all the work mm-hmm. and bringing in all the drunks, she's just... <laughs> I've got, I need this amount of work to keep my five yeah. board crews busy and my uh, seven taping crews busy and my yeah. three insulators busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just brings in that amount of work. Yeah. And then when she meets another good boarder, she's like, oh, now I can ramp up a little right. bit. And she yeah. allows that to grow with the people she has. How did she learn that? And I was like <sighs> messing around here through the years. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. I haven't got her why yet. I've had two lunches with her uh-huh. so far and yeah. uh, with her salesperson and. 
I'm so impressed. I'm just like, yeah, whatever you guys yeah. want to do, this is what we're going to do. And so yeah. we've now created this partnership That's where we're doing all Chad. their installation. So it's good to see because I think, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about women in business and mm-hmm. I think that's been a big part of it is that there's yeah. been no women in construction or yeah. very few. And so we've always had the same dumb uh <laughs> You know, uh, fed down to us from the people above. Yeah. You know, you didn't become a drywaller because you were five yeah, years like old and like go, I want to be a drywaller. Yeah, you absolutely. did it because your dad did it. Yeah. Right. And so you did yeah. it the way your dad did it. Yeah. Totally. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bringing in a different thought process into construction, mm-hmm. I think, is is going to be massive for the industry. You know, I'm excited to hear that because I have like for for several years now, I've wanted to see my industry, like residential renovations and the the ones where we're we're gutting and redoing that whole area where you're not going to touch it again for 30, 40, 50 years even sometimes, right? right? I want to see that change as well. So it's interesting because you kind of go along by yourself and you're not alone, yeah. but it's in the sharing. Okay, so with Janie's Why, yeah. did I say her name right? Janie. Janie's Why. Yeah. Remind me later, I want to share something with you sure. about a friend of mine, uh, my study buddy in this leadership program I'm in right now. Okay. Read this book. I want to share with you something perfect, from that because you're gonna yeah. then you'll be like, why am I doing what I'm doing? <laughs> it's really fun, okay? <laughs> as frustrating as those questions are, and they yeah. are most definitely frustrating. Totally. Like they'll keep you up at night and mm-hmm. distract you throughout the day. They're absolutely <laughs> beneficial for your life. Yeah. If you can figure out the why, why, why am I yelling? Why am I? Yes. Why am I not hiring these type mm-hmm. of people? Why am I mm-hmm. pigeonholing? You know, whatever this yeah. industry is. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, that's where you get real growth. Yeah. yeah. What is your why, or what's beyond Foam's why? Both. This is two. So we yeah. we've done it individually throughout yeah. the company, where every yeah. um, job title has a, a one long jo- a one line job title. Oh, so our sprayers are there to create. Um, uh, warm, happy spaces. Awesome. So when they go to work, that's what they're doing. When right. I was in sales, it was to create well-educated, happy customers. Awesome. Um, and so we developed those. My new role, uh, we haven't actually come up mm-hmm. with our one-line statement <clears throat> for it. And in my mind, it's about uh, creating culture and leadership in our mm-hmm. company. Um, I don't like that... You know, if you looked at our company as a military, mm-hmm. that you have your privates and your majors and your generals mm-hmm. and um, everybody up the line to the mm-hmm. top. I love that layout, but I want to know that every private can become a major and every right. major can become a colonel and every colonel yeah. can become whatever. I don't know. Yeah, you really stuff. are about empowering the individual leadership yeah. at whatever level. Yeah. Yeah. The way I look at it is that when I was a sprayer inside the truck, which I hated with a passion, mm-hmm. I do not like the actual spraying of the foam. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just another trade to me. Yeah. Um, and for other people, it's mm-hmm. it's more than that. Yeah. I I knew that I couldn't mm-hmm. move into my next role until someone was as good at me at spraying foam. Totally. And so that's been my goal um, since I've yeah. been at this company was to create another me underneath me. Right. With always looking at what I could do the next person's job better. Mm-hmm. I've heard you say that before, Chad, and like I feel like this morning I actually like really heard you say that because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's been missing for me. I have yeah. not. I've created components of a, another me, yeah, <clears throat> but I haven't actually fully yeah. recreated 
what it is that I'm doing in the different hats that I wear in a small business. Yeah. Mm. And it, I think the difference is for uh, you as an owner, mm-hmm. um, you have to take on this mass amount of responsibility as an owner, right? It's yeah. huge. Every aspect you have to understand and mm-hmm. know and and do. And I've seen that in the owners of the company that mm-hmm. I work for. And I remember looking at them going, you're not doing it well. But you're not totally. doing it well because there's yeah. too much to do. Mm-hmm. So give me a bunch of responsibility right. and let me mm-hmm. do that so you can do the real owner stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they started understanding that and they got into mm-hmm. a, a group of people that help uh, mm-hmm. help them with that going, yeah, yeah. yeah, you have to let that go. That's not an owner thing to do. Totally. That's yeah. a manager thing to yeah. do. So pick a manager and let them do let that. Let them run with it. Totally. Yeah. And then yeah. you can make adjustments if you trust mm-hmm. the people underneath you and they're yeah. smart and they're um, mm-hmm. good at the job. Where owners, that's mm-hmm. really difficult. That's your baby, right? Yeah. Like for my owners, they've developed this since birth. For right. you, you've helped your dad develop mm-hmm. it, but it's still, it's a family business. Like I it's, view it as my baby, though. Yes. Which is so funny because, like, the logo, the brand, all of that, the culture, it's... Sometimes through the years I've apologized to dad. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I know you didn't want this. <laughs> um, but... And like we all recognize that that what Mayfield Renovations is like yeah. through the years as it evolved and changed and and it was um, Mayfield Construction okay. in Saskatchewan and he did heavier um, he had a skid steer like a bobcat yeah and did things with that and did spec homes with him and my mom would build and flip spec homes and stuff so just the construction nature of what we've done has evolved and changed through the years depending on where we were even living and then who was there yeah so when he let me come and clean up sites (laughs) that summer he did not know what he signed up for yeah (laughs) which is it's fine it's all good but but that's where the growth came in right Mm -hmm. is like it's it i don't want to say that women are different than men but you most definitely think differently than we do um, yeah. And a lot of people go, well, women shouldn't be in construction or they shouldn't mm-hmm. be police officers or mm-hmm. they shouldn't be soldiers. Like there's mm-hmm. all this old style thinking, yeah. but you don't know what's going to happen when you put a woman in charge because they, yeah. they do think differently. Maybe it'll be a disaster, but yeah. maybe it'll be great. It's going to be like we are now. It's interesting because like through the years I've had conversations with some like incredible people. Sometimes I'm like, how did I ever even meet that person? And um, like one, two years ago, um, no, sorry, it was just over a year ago. I met Dawn Farrell. She's the president and CEO of Transelta. Okay. And I had actually, I asked her, I said, like, how does somebody like me at my level get a high level business mentor? Yeah. Because um, I, I said, this sounds perhaps a little arrogant, but I said, like, I feel like the business coaches I can actually afford, like, I feel like I know more than them. And she said, yeah, yeah. don't, don't pay money for that. Yeah. You do want high level mentorship. And I said, yeah, like someone who'd do it out of the goodness of their heart. And so she said, do you want a man or a woman? And I said, well, I guess I've always thought a man. Yeah. um, Because construction is this male dominant industry. She connected me with John John Simpson, the owner of Canna. And I met with him. And it was funny because his comment when we were chatting about that and like, why did I ask for a male mentor was that... Uh, he said, I don't really think it matters whether it's a man or a woman. It's more important that it's the right person for the job. Right. And that started to open open it up to that. I'm like, we can't, it's very naive to think, well, I'm just going to hire a man or a woman or a whatever 
we're trying to like pigeonhole somebody. Right. It's really who's the right person for the job, who's the right fit. Yeah. And like the cool thing about houses, one of the things I see from like where I'm sitting, houses through the years were because construction, architecture, engineering, all of that was male dominant industries, yet the keeping of the home mm-hmm. was a female dominant industry. Right. Our floor plans and our designs were not amazing for functionality of living our lives. Right. So as we've like began to cross over where now it's some men who are the primary caregiver or they're the one that's keeping house. Right. There's lots of women now working in construction, engineering, all of that. We have this collaboration that's making, like, I really do believe that's why floor plans and things are getting so much better. There's more storage, all these things instead of the stay at home wife, like continually nagging, right. You know, about (laughs) these things, um, we're just fixing these problems together. Yeah. So the women in residential construction is brilliant and women in construction in general, I think is amazing if they're the right person for the job, not just because they're a woman, but because they love it and they're bringing something to the table. That's awesome. Uh, I couldn't agree more that Mm -hmm. the, uh, I'll tell you a pet peeve about Mm -hmm. every show home I've been in Hmm. is that they'll build this massive Island with seating around it. Right. And then they put a Mm -hmm. dining room table right beside it. (laughs) Why, why do we have two sets of seats in this room? Like whose idea was that? Yeah. Like that to me makes zero. And I think we talked about (laughs) it when we were doing the construction or the the modeling for our home was that, um, I don't want that. I don't want to have a table Mm -hmm. and a large Island. I'm going to have one or the other. And how do you, like, how do you actually function as a family? Like that's what is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And no man would, typically think about that no, like you be know like, they show up they eat they leave that's that's right you know. and they'd be like as they're adapting the floor plans it's like well oh this one we're going to open up the wall and so we'll just have like the table and this and this and it's like actually we really don't need yeah. it's like that questioning of what are we actually doing here yeah yeah i agree the um uh Women have a different perspective for a reason. You, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. No, I never did. <laughs> I haven't. It was a long time ago I read it. But what I took away from it was that they have a different way of thinking for a purpose. So mm-hmm. it's not to annoy us. Sometimes it <laughs> You're is. like, I'm sure it's because of that. Uh, I'll, I'll admit um, I called my wife crazy. Um, I remember in, you said that on argument. our last conversation on and here. And she's like, you get it. You're crazy too, right? And I'm like... Oh, yeah. And that's what the book's about, right? Is yeah. We look crazy to the other person, but you yeah. take that into an industry and run a company like you run a household, yeah. um, which is where most women are coming from, where they've been mm-hmm. trained or brought mm-hmm. up in, that it would bring a different dynamic to that situation. Now, totally. good or bad in some situations, mm-hmm. but either way, it's different. And, yeah. and that can be very, very good. It really is. Yeah. Like women are, they're... They're like our unsung heroes. For sure. Did I did I share with you about my trip to Seattle? No. So last fall I went to Seattle with a friend and we did um I did the underground tour, which is if you ever get a chance, it's so funny. Um it's the underground tour. Yeah, there's this whole like of the original downtown. Okay. There's this whole underground city. Oh, yeah, yeah. The tunnels and Yeah. I should I give you spoilers? People and drug mark. Uh, no, no. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, a physical underground. Yeah. So when they filled in, I forget what the term is, but where the ocean comes in and out there, yeah. they filled the first guy. He was a shyster. Came out, had um, a lumber plant, 
wanted to get rid of the sawdust without paying for it. <laughs> so he convinced them, hey, we could fill in these like boggy areas from seawater with sawdust. So you can imagine how well that went over, right? And they were building on top of it, building on top of it, and just like a disaster and okay. like just running. You can imagine the, the like sewage and stuff running in the streets. And so then they had a fire. All great stories of cities, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a fire. So then between the business owners and the city, there was this like discord for a couple years. Well, the business owners, they excavated down to bedrock and they built their buildings. Yeah. But then when the city came in to put in uh, sewer lines and things, then the bottom floor, the street level went up to the, to the, the first floor. So oh. the ground floor is now of, of that original city so you can get a tour and go walk around and they tell you okay. this story what i'm telling but way better than what i'm telling <laughs> it's like really really funny um so i did that and then i did the museum of history and industry we did together mm-hmm. I, an incredible museum if you ever get the chance and these what i left seattle with the sense of was the the people that settled that place in the first like it was the farthest of the wild west yeah these men and women were mavericks. I mean, yeah. they were wild people. And then in the Mohai, the Museum of History and Industry, it starts with like the seafaring history at the top. And each floor as you come down to the main floor is like nowadays. Yeah. So there's like a sort of era on each floor. The nowadays, when you think about the companies that have come out of there, like Kirkland, which is Costco, it's a mm, family run business. That's what you're drinking right now. Right? Kirkland coffee. Totally. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Apple... Amazon, Starbucks, Google, Starbucks, um, Boeing. Like there was eight huge hmm. companies All came out, of the, out of the Pacific Northwest. So then I'm always thinking, like, why is this? And I, I, my brain is like hardwired. I look for patterns and stuff. You know what I really think? This is what this is what I came up with. Okay. <laughs> so it may not have anything to do with reality, <laughs> but I think it's because it was the final frontier as um, the America, as America, not the Americas, as America was settled. Yeah. So people by nature of having to be a pioneer, an immigrant or something like that, the very nature of what's required to survive is this innovation. Right. So when you look at those companies that came out of there, I mean, Google, Apple, Amazon, they have changed the world as we know it. For sure. But they're like several generations in fact, if you compare to the East Coast, many generations closer to those original pioneering mavericks. Right. So then when I came home, I was like, I wonder what the next frontier is yeah. on this planet. Like, who are going to be the game changers? And, you know, I think it's women. I think women mm-hmm. are the nowadays pioneer. Yeah. And I've, I'm looking for a mentor because women in business, women didn't, even 40 years ago, there was no females running construction companies. No. We weren't groomed up in the language of business. At best, there would be one in HR. Maybe, right? right? <laughs> yeah, there was those few outliers. They were the women that were paving the way. Yeah. But there hasn't been this, like, the language of how we talk, which was, like, father to son, like, man to man, uncle uncle to nephew, like, that kind of stuff as it went along. This with women is very, very new. Mm-hmm. And so I personally expect to see big changes on this planet coming out of 
women I getting hope in so. business. I yeah. think that it's been missing a little bit. Joe Rogan does a whole bit about how, you know, the last mm-hmm. thing that women invented was a while ago and they sort of need to step their game up. That's and, so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, he goes through some of the inventions. Interesting. And, um, it, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a comic yeah. bit based on the fact that, mm-hmm. well, should they have to? Because they make all the people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Yeah. There's not a person on this planet. Starting here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, but that, that that's, that's where they've been, yeah. is that they've been so focused on making the yeah. people and growing households and bringing yeah. those together that I think maybe even some of that's got missing. The stuff that got passed down from woman to woman right. wasn't the best way to raise families sometimes. And that yeah. there are some, I know some great uh, stay-at-home dads and some yeah. single dads that are raising fantastic kids. Oh my goodness, right. And uh, that's a bit more of a trend right now than, yeah. than before, but probably because women are more moving into business mm-hmm. and stuff that so both or ways is there like a well. freedom like my dad and i had a conversation i don't know a year or two ago he has always been the nurturing parent okay that was not my mom growing up okay no like she did not i remember as a little kid like leaning my head on her and, she, and she'd like say don't you know don't touch me <laughs> shut me away right yeah so like if there'd been freedom in society he yeah. could have been the stay-at-home parent and she wanted a career. Yeah. Like, what was so wrong with that? Yeah. But the societal norms would say no. And then also, like, a religion, right? How he grew up, like, that was, like, no. Right. So, um... Well, you knew she wanted one. Could she get one that was feasible to, to um, manage a family? Well, I think when they met, she was... It was a small Saskatchewan town where she lived, but she, I believe... I'll have to ask family members and confirm this... She was like managing the credit union bank oh, of wow. that little town. Yeah. So yeah, she would have had. Yeah. And it's interesting how her lives go one way or another. Like maybe she had children because she felt like she had. I don't know, but yeah. maybe she felt like she had to, when that wasn't even necessarily what she wanted. I don't know. Yeah. Well, sometimes we do things <clears throat> for people because we love the people, right? So if mm-hmm. your husband really wants to have kids, you're like, well, I'm yeah. the only one that can do that. <laughs> so it's going to take two here, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. That, that they do that thing. So mm-hmm. I know my wife sacrifices for me and she does stuff she doesn't necessarily love yeah. as, as I have for our mm-hmm. family. And, and uh, that's the way it goes. If, mm-hmm. you know, I come home grumpy sometimes because I was doing yeah. stuff I didn't want to do that day, right? Yeah. Um, that's part of life. Do you know um, Arlene Dickens and her building? in Kensington. Yeah. So she has... This um, is the the lady from the Dragon's Den. Yeah. 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 So in uh, District Ventures in Kensington, her building, the bottom floor of it is for um, getting startups off the ground. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and that, that is District Ventures. Yeah. Um, And... I don't know if it was her or one of, and one of her staff members, somebody that was associated there that I was in a class that they led. And they said, it's so funny, um, men will come through the door and they're like, I have this business. It's valued at $3 million, you know, and, and can I have some capital and some funding and some help, like getting this off the ground? And they're like, okay, like, let's see what you have. Yeah. And they're like, well, like, you know, this idea, da, 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 it's amazing. Where's your sales? Where's your client base? Well, I don't have any of that yet. And women come through the door and they're like, you know, I got nothing. Can I have like $20,000? Because I think I might have something um, that could be a business one day. And they're like, what do you have? And they're like, well, we've got like $2 million worth of revenue a year. And, you know, and they're like, so this, this is the trend that they're seeing. This in is there. literally what they're seeing yeah. is that women, um, and that's what you're seeing, pointing to with your wife, yeah. is like, 
women are hard workers. Yeah. And of course, not all of them. But they're doing what they're doing and they're not tooting their own horn at all. Yeah. And so, like, even with Joe Rogan, one of my questions would be, like, did you read Hidden Figures or did no. you watch the movie? No. It's so good. Hidden Figures. You've, you've got to. Okay. Okay. Next time we'll chat about it. Okay. Um, it is, it will move you, yeah. Chad. And it's about the computers that did all the calculating to put a man on the moon. Yeah, it was done by a woman. Yeah. Guess who the, or guess what the computers were? What? Black women. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have any credit. Yeah. And those women were geniuses. It's funny. Rogan talked about that specifically. Mm-hmm. So um, binary code was done by a woman the, yeah. getting the, the first, all the calculations to get the first uh, rocket into space totally. was done by a woman. Um, and you look at the book and it's like 9,000 pages of just calculations. Like it wasn't yes. a small task going, oh, if we go 40 miles an hour for... You no, know, the, the computers were brilliant women yeah. and so my thing to to joe rogan would be like <laughs> whatever you're just like he's looking with very narrow blinders on yeah. because my question would be what are women doing that they're not getting the credit for because we don't really care about the credit mm. like it even isn't that funny it makes me uncomfortable to be called the ceo of a company because i want to be like of what yeah like you know <laughs> and yeah. that's just like how i think how it goes um, this is the difference between men and women, though, mm-hmm. right? Men get somewhere because of our egos. That That's right. how we win. That's how right. we drive ourselves to be stronger, faster, right. smarter. It's yeah. our egos that drive us. And women yeah. don't have that same drive mm-hmm. from their egos. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't. They're more nurturing. They yeah. want to see other people succeed more than yeah. they want to succeed themselves. Yeah. And so that combination works really well for the majority of the population, right? You have... A good mother, a good totally. wife, a good daughter mm-hmm. that's encouraging you, that drives... I know when my daughter was born, it completely changed my mindset. I saw that beautiful little face, and I'm like, I got to be better. Right. That's literally the first thought that came mm-hmm. to my head as I looked at her. How is cool. That you... I had to step my game up yeah. dramatically. Yeah. Um, and when I met my wife, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if this woman's going to marry me, I got to be better at everything right. that I'm doing. And so yeah. that... How do you calculate that as far as a role in someone's life to to get them yeah. to where they are? And and most women, I think, understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no way to calculate mm-hmm. it. Where with what men do, oh, I took over this amount of land. I own right. this amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. I grew my business to this. Those are yeah. very easy to calculate, right? Yeah, you're right. There's a tangible. Right. Yeah. And I think there's women that have the ability to conquer and to win mm-hmm. and to grow and to do all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But they don't necessarily have that same mechanism for the growth so Mm -hmm. i'd be curious what why you know someone Mm -hmm. like you what drives you to grow a bigger company Mm -hmm. because i know what it is for men but what would it be for Mm -hmm. women this what a good question (laughs) i'm like brilliant chad (laughs) so this is back to my um, what i wanted to share with you about the book that my study buddy read yeah I did a lot of work with, um, I worked through Simon Sinek's book about our why and what, what came out of it is we're a long-term relationship company. Like we're building and fostering amazing long-term relationships Yeah, and we're doing that by educating our clients. So they're empowered to make the best choices for them. Hmm. And what we're doing is we're renovating homes. So it's still based around the nurturing that women have done everywhere. You just implement that (laughs) into the construction. (laughs) Totally. And that is amazing. Totally. And so my study buddy and I were flying to a leadership weekend of training in the States a few weekends ago. 
And she gets on the plane and says, I don't even remember what the book was called, but she said, I've been reading this book. And the author is saying that what we do in our career, we do it because there's something that we could never have as a child. And it's so like hardwired and wound up in our identity that we actually end up doing that. And so she turns to me and she's like, so why do you renovate houses? Why do you do what you do? And so I say like what I just shared with you is I'm like, I'm clear that that's what we're doing. We're building and fostering long-term relationships and Mm -hmm. includes everybody, like whether it's the clients like you and Nicole and us or the clients that we're doing a renovation and now they're living in their homes and they're not having those reoccurring fights over like a traffic (laughs) pattern in the kitchen. right? Right. And I'm listening for all of that so that I can give them a solution that's going to work for them. Right. So she's like, why do you do all of that? And I'm like, good question. So as through our talking, you know, the one thing that I wanted most of all in my life growing up, like as I'd mentioned in our other one, like my mom had really severe depression. I think she was never diagnosed, but um, the one thing I wanted most of all in life was to be in a happy family and just have a home. Right. You know, what's hilarious. I have been house sitting for clients for 15 years. <laughs> They're traveling the world for fun and I'm living there and taking care of their home, yeah. which has like been a great win win because yeah. saving my money, going to school debt free, like all of that through the years. I don't even have my own home. <laughs> this is also probably where I'm like, CEO of what? Right. <laughs> but it's like, it's so, when you actually talk about it, it's so inauthentic that someone like me would go through my life thinking I could never actually have my own home. Mm -hmm. And literally what I'm doing is I'm providing for the people around me. The one thing I don't think I can have, which is like ridiculous anyways. Right. So do do you have a, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on this now. Do you, do you, do you have a desire to have a home? Like you're still house sitting for Chad. The only thing I ever, I did not want a business. What I wanted most in life was a husband and children. Yeah. And I'm single, no children turning 40 this year. Yeah. Right. So it's so funny how these things, and I was out hiking with some girlfriends last weekend. One of my girlfriends that was on the hike, she is a refugee from another part of the world. And she was sharing with us like how she had walked for days as a 10-year-old girl, carrying the second youngest sibling on her back wow. with no food, starving. And as because I was sharing this with them, I was like, why do you guys do what you do yeah. in your careers? She's always wanted restaurants. They've had restaurants. It's all been her. Like she's been enrolling her siblings and having restaurants. You know what it is that's most important to her in the world? Food. Right. And well, it if traces you, back <laughs> to this childhood. <laughs> There's a comedian who did a joke and he was talking about women and relationships and the struggle yeah. and stuff like that. And he goes, to tell you guys the truth, if uh, if I was hungry, I'd be talking about food. And so he didn't have any women in his life. So that's all he could talk about is how to get a woman in his life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now I'm thinking about why I do what I do. Yes, yay, let's talk about it. Because like, so the other of the four of us on the hike, we mm. were talking because we're like, I was like, let's dig into this. Like, let's all get clarity. One is a graphic designer. Yeah. There's many ways. Like, I'm so fascinated by this. Like, why are why is one graphic designer a gra- does it what they do a certain way? So my girlfriend that was on the hike with us, she, what's most important to her, she grew up as an only child. Yeah. She wanted to talk a lot and then was always told, like, you talk too much. Because <laughs> there was no other sibling to yeah. relieve the pressure from the parents. And, like, as we were having this conversation and, like, sharing from our lives together, what came out of it is 
what she loves most of all of what she's doing is she listens to people and she provides a means for them to communicate clearly through graphic design. It's all about communication for her. Hmm. And then my other friend who's a photographer, it's all about empowering others. Yeah. It was the one thing that she could never have as a child. Wow. It's powerful. Yeah. Um, it's funny how we, we always look at what we don't have and then mm-hmm. we grow from there, which culturally, I guess it, it absolutely <clears throat> makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can think about being in construction growing up that I did it because my dad did mm-hmm. it and, and, and yeah. I was good. At it. it was easy, right? It was, how hard is it to be a taper mm-hmm. or a border or a rent? Right. You know, the, the physical act of doing the jobs. Like yeah. It takes a little bit to learn it, but then it's just pretty monotonous mm-hmm. after that. It's not yeah. rocket science for sure. Yeah. Um, but I was never satisfied in there. Yeah. I love being in a leadership role and mm-hmm. being under pressure all the time yeah. because my family was never that. They mm-hmm. just... Whatever came, they took, and mm-hmm. they they just they weren't growers. They weren't the people mm-hmm. to go after and try to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can think about. Like, how can I make Beyond Foam as right. big as possible? How can I make my podcast mm-hmm. as big as possible? Mm-hmm. And it was around that relationships and mm-hmm. just not ever settling for mm-hmm. whatever was handed to me. And like, oh, thank you, sir, for the bun. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. I want to be able to make the whole meal. Yeah, so you really took, like, what was the status quo of your family. Yeah. And you push it to the limit on every every area of your life. Like, yeah. And not to the limit, like, not in any negative way, but you're taking it, like, as far as you possibly, like, you're wanting, you're out to stretch your leadership as far as it will go in every direction. Yeah. In doing that, Chad, like, what's the, what do you do as a manager that's different than other managers? Like, what is it unique that you bring to the table? I don't know that if I, that I, I don't know. We'd have to ask probably my bosses that. I think that. Yeah, but you're the one here. (laughs) I'm so curious to look at this together because it's, it's so fun. I think that it's, it's constant change. It's never, never satisfied with the status quo. When I see something that we've done for a long time and then nothing's ever changed in it, I go, how can I make that better? Right. It's always looking at like, how can I make it a little bit faster, a little bit right. more profitable? And it's not like taking it from 7% yeah. to 70%. Yeah. It's taking it from 7 to 8 yeah. And then when you get good at having eight, how do I get it from eight to nine? Right. Um, I think that's probably what I bring that I'm... I'm never satisfied with um, mm-hmm. the way things are going. So someone can go out and mm-hmm. spray rim joists all day long mm-hmm. and they come in at the exact same time every day. And I'm like, how can I make him do it 15 minutes faster? Right. That's So you're looking, I totally, I totally am like seeing the world of this. So like, whereas other managers would just perhaps be keeping things running even keel and smooth. Right. You're looking for that continual improvement and optimization. Yeah. 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 Always uh, there's, um, even in my personal life, I don't, I think if I was to do the Mm -hmm. same thing every single day, I probably would have committed suicide by now for (laughs) sure. You know, I I look at like, why did I quit doing that? And it's like, oh, because I was bored with it. Like I just, I can't, Right. I can't keep doing the same thing every day. And I think even my bosses realize that now, like if I'm coming into managers meetings angry, um, then like we need to put more pressure on Chad. Interesting. Just, like you need down. that pressure. So, like, what's the one thing as a child growing up? What's the one thing you could that was just impossible for you to have in your family? I I remember being angry that we were always broke. Right. Um, and and I'm not 
that driven by money. Um, no. Like I, I get yeah. the benefits of it. It's important to yeah. understand it and grow it and that, yeah. but it's not necessarily about money, mm-hmm. but it's the inability like to go, oh, we can't do that. What do you mean we can't do that? Like that, right. that's what drives me nuts. And so I'm patient about it now. Yeah. We're bef- this caused financial stress for our family when yeah. I was younger was like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to go do it anyways. Right. And I can always make more money. And that's a pretty mm-hmm. piss poor attitude to have <laughs> with money. Um, so that didn't work very well for me. Yeah. But now I still have that same mentality. I'm like, don't say I can't own a business or I yeah. can't start a podcast or totally. I can't have a producer, m- have a producer, right? <laughs> I, I can get all this stuff done, yeah. um, but yeah. when the timing's right now, when it makes sense. And but it's, I'm, I just had coffee with a friend of mine before um, you got here, and yeah. and he's of the same mentality. Yeah. It's like I'm just never satisfied, mm-hmm. and I think that's okay. Like yeah. you know, yeah, people are always thinking about retirement and how mm-hmm. I can have an easier life, yeah. and I just don't want that. Yeah, I, I want to be ch- when I wake up in the morning to have something impossible in front of me. Yeah, something to really challenge you. I used to dream about um, natural disasters. I would see them really? on the news where there was like a massive earthquake and yeah. the whole city was torn apart. I'm like, I'd like something like that. Because you would go in there and save the day. Well, and not even save the day. It was just there, there was something impossible. Like your house is gone. I what do you see. do? Well, you build okay. a new house. How do you build a new house? I don't know. But this is what my challenge is. Figure now. it out together. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like I have no experience in this stuff. I know, and, and we, yet here we are. Here we are. Yeah. We've yeah. done 52. Ed, this is episode 53. That's amazing, Chad. <laughs> Holy cow. Whole year. We've had some failures in that year um, where awesome. things didn't work out the way we wanted yeah. to. And next year will be better. And the year mm-hmm. after that will be better. Yeah. Um, but here you are even having a failure and like it's not stopping you. No, no, no. Yeah. You, I can so hear. I'm so so curious to hear if like the <laughs> listeners can hear what I'm hearing because there's I can so clearly hear a pattern yeah of like really what you're all about yeah and I'm like what is it to you yeah. what is your why well and that's always what I'm doing with my guests too is yeah. to figure out because every person that's been on this show has been successful at something mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. I had a, a lady that was on here she's an actress and she wrote a yeah. book and you know she's broke she yeah. goes to the food bank and um, she's mm-hmm. sort of feeling like I'm like you wrote a book right like, like how <laughs> hard is that like, like to f- even finish it right because I mean we all want to write a book right but I do I told the, my friend too. this morning yeah. and I'm like I'm practicing writing now and he goes yeah. well when are you going to write a book I'm like I don't know maybe it's in 15 years yeah but maybe it's in a year yeah, it depends totally. on how it comes together. We had uh, Andy Caselli on the podcast. Yeah, he's uh, a linguist and uh, he's got his master's in English. And yeah, he wrote a book and he threw it out. What? He's <laughs> like it wasn't good enough. But he wrote a book. Oh my goodness! And he edited it like four times. And oh like, my goodness! Nope. And he garbage. It. It's garbage, and he's not uh, he's not putting it out for anybody yeah. else. Um, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you wrote a damn book. Put it right. out there. <laughs> but it's gone now. He reminded <laughs> me of the girl that looks in the mirror and goes, "Oh, I'm not pretty enough." Dude, you wrote a book. <laughs> right. That's impressive. This is the whole thing. Like we always, it seems to me we have clarity about other people, but we lack it about ourselves. Right. And like, that's the beauty of living our lives yeah. together. Okay. So not to dissuade. Yeah. Because I'm committed that you do get your personal why. Yeah. And it may not happen here today with us. Yeah. But it's like, I'm committed that you see that. There's like something there, a common thread in your stories. Yeah. And I got it. I feel like you were going to just make an excuse, right? The the deep (laughs) breath, like, (laughs) yeah. There's something there for you. It's not money that drives you. I'm clear on that. And you're also not scared. 
if you make a mistake or whatever and need to make more money, you'll make more money. Yeah. There's like something that I hear about driving for continual improvement because that is what you guys, that was not how it was going to go in your life and in your family's life. No, uh, like most of my family, uh, not to be critical, but are not very mm-hmm. successful at all. Right. Um, and, and you can look at success in a thousand different ways, right? Yeah. Like to um, get your two kids to... Um, uh, through school and married and all that, mm-hmm. then that, there's a success in that, right? Yeah. But what's the the better way of doing it? You know, as, yeah. a, as a parent, we tried spanking, didn't work. Didn't, yeah. It didn't get me the results I wanted. So we don't spank yeah. anymore. That's so I'm cool. Not, I'm not criticizing anyone that does yeah. spank because I think some kids need a spanking. Right. <laughs> I think those I kids, was one of them. <laughs> I think those kids not getting spankings, yeah. they should get their butt whipped. And I right. think those kids that are getting spankings, yeah. then maybe you should stop doing it. So totally. I'm no, no judgment on that at all. But that was one of the things mm-hmm. as a parent. I, mm-hmm. I looked at parenting and I got spanked. I'm not mad at my parents yeah. for it. I needed to be spanked. But I mm-hmm. spanked my son, my producer. Mm-hmm. Um, <gasps> when, <laughs> <laughs> when he was uh, young and it didn't change his behavior. So right. why would I keep spanking him? Like yeah. there's So you're looking for improvement and you're not like stuck in a rut. No, never. I mean, this is like, the thing about it is these are our superpowers too. That's why I'm not letting this go for you. Yeah. Because I can see that from my life and I see how like empowering it was because I don't, I'm not chained by that anymore. Right. I was uh, so I had I should have brought Dion in on this conversation because this is all lining up. Uh, We can do another one. (laughs) (laughs) We will. He's uh, so fantastic. He's had a very very difficult life. Mm -hmm. He's in therapy Mm -hmm. and he's growing and he's in a new management position. So we talk Mm -hmm. regularly. Cool. Um, Super awesome guy Mm -hmm. that way. Um, But I talk about how we are the type of people that are never satisfied. So Mm -hmm. I think he's above where his bosses are as far as intelligence. Right. But no power. You you have. To be obedient to the right. one that is put above you, right? And there's this imaginary chains on him from something like, like for me, seeing like how ridiculous it is that what was running undistinguished behind the scenes was that I could never have my own happy family mm-hmm. at home, right? I just view the space as fostering what's the family, right? Right. Um, it's so silly. Well, and how many homes have you made happy? <laughs> so many through the years. That, like that's, that's what my whole life has been about. Yeah. And and like when I actually look there, and it takes courage to look ourselves in the face. It's yeah. very scary. Um, it's not that bad. Like I'm creating for myself that this year I'll meet someone amazing and we'll start a family together. Yeah. And like if I do. I'm going to be over the moon. And if I don't, I'm not going to be a failure. Right. I've like played a game. That's like something I don't know how to do. Yeah. And that's where like, there's, that's, that's what I'm committed to you for, for you, Chad, is there's like a freedom in it that gives you the ability to run wild because you have like incredible, an incredible skill set. It's very rare. There's a person who's always driven because they weren't happy with something like, for example, growing up poor. Right it does not necessarily translate into this adaptability. I mean, to me, that's really leadership. I'm like, why are we talking about me? We should be talking about you. (laughs) Um, Because that, like what you're saying about with Eric, it's like, okay, we spanked once. It did not produce a result. four times. Okay, four times. (laughs) There was some more than once, right? But that when you just looked at it, instead of being the type of person who just like bullheaded carries on with this way you actually have an ability to look and say that didn't work and to adjust and you're not tied to something 
that you did that didn't work. Like, that's really cool. I think that's where most businesses that fail, fail. Yeah, there's a stubbornness mm-hmm. there. They're not ever willing to look at something mm-hmm. or to try something new. They're like, mm-hmm. this is the way we've done it. Why isn't it working right now? Yeah. Well, because things change. They right? just they change all the time. If there's one thing yeah. that we know is constant, is that there's change. <laughs> totally. <laughs> this adaptability is like, right. yeah. It took me a long time, yeah. I think, to figure that out because I yeah. just wanted things to be easy. Yeah. And then yeah. when I realized they're never going to be easy, yeah. then that's okay. Now how yeah. do I deal with that? Because right. it's 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 not going to be easy being a parent. I've got great yeah. kids. They yeah. really are, as far yeah. as kids go, they're pretty easy kids right. to deal with. Um, but... You know, depending on the day and what happened, yeah. it's not always easy, but they're really, really good kids. Well, you know, and I would assert, like, I, I do, as you know, I have a dog. Yeah. And she's, like, pretty excellent most of the time. <laughs> My friend who has a dog training company is like, and that's that, it's that once in a while that is why you need training, right? But I've had people, like, through the good years. businessman. <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? Yeah. Through the years with Sadie Bell when they're like, she's so well-trained. like, and, and I'm like, yeah, like, I just lucked out. And they're like, no, you didn't. Yeah. You actually created that because I trained her to behave the way that I want my dog to behave. So I would assert that your children are easy, but what I'm hearing, yeah, you're the parent who, if you, you spanked four times and then you're like, wait a second, why am I doing this? It's not working. Yeah. So what, what I'm hearing behind the scenes is you guys had conversations. Oh yeah. yeah. All the time. I mean, I'm so excited. I just, oh, it gives me hope (laughs) for the planet when I meet parents like who are doing what you and Nicole are doing and I'm like seeing your producer, yeah. our producer here. Like yeah. when I'm seeing this, it just gives me hope for the planet. If I'm, we could get them to get a haircut. I like it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just there kind of... Go. So like for for uh, you guys, he's Eric's got this cool blonde hair and it's long and it's just, it's got natural highlights in it. And I am voting it stays. <laughs> I you like just it. made a new best friend because yes. every couple of weeks I'm like, so are you ready to get a haircut? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Producers are the best. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, um, you're right. It, it, it's a, everything is about hard work. And as soon as you realize that life mm-hmm. isn't going to be easy, it's not yeah. supposed to be easy, mm-hmm. that uh, you change that mindset and go, yeah, it's going to be hard. So let's go look for the hardest thing that I can do. And let's yeah. do that today until I'm right. good at it. And then the right. next harder, then the next hardest. Yeah, like there's like nothing you can't do, Chad. I think that's true about everybody though. It really is. Right? Yeah. Like if you, yeah. and I, I learned this stuff late. I'm mm-hmm. 46 years old and I probably didn't pick up late. on it until my like 30, late 30s, probably early 40s. Yeah. And then, you know, and it's, it's, it's ongoing. You're never, you're mm-hmm. never done. You should never be satisfied. Yeah, because we're alive. Right. Yeah, my uh, my pastor right now is talking about uh, putting the big rocks first. So he does this mm-hmm. great um, um, visual where he has this large yeah. open mouth jar, and then you have your sand, which is all the little crap that comes up in the day right. that typically fills up most of your jar. And then you Ugh. have your big rock yeah. things that that you know you should do, yeah. but most of the days you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are the most important things. Right. And so he's saying, figure out what those three or four things are mm-hmm. in your life. And do those first. So mm-hmm. biblically, we know first fruits go to God, right? Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. first has to be given away. Yeah. And so if you do the the big rock stuff first, mm-hmm. then all the little sand stuff will fit into your day anyways. It's so fit. But if you fill it up with sand and then try to jam those big rocks and they just don't work They're at the end of the day. piling off the top. Right? And yeah. so that was a real eye-opener for me even mm-hmm. just recently. It was like, am I doing my big stuff first? So then mm-hmm. it was a few weeks of... 
you know, what are mm. my big things? What are the most important things in mm-hmm. my life? And it's like um, uh, intellectual growth. That, mm. that is so important yeah. to me because I was yeah. pretty ignorant, dumb, not good at school. Mm-hmm. Um, dumb is even the wrong word. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was really, really ignorant, didn't see the yeah. value in, in knowing You weren't things. educated. I wasn't educated mm-hmm. at all. And I, and I still consider myself very mm-hmm. uneducated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's super important to me. Mm-hmm. So whatever my eyes see and my ears, here mm-hmm. um i have to take control of that mm-hmm. and not put in stuff that doesn't make sense right right why am i wasting yeah. the next if i'm lucky 40 years of my life right with putting in simpsons right and every once in a while yeah. it's okay but it can't yeah. be in every day yeah you know you have to really yeah. take dominion over your mind and over you your do. emotions and over mm-hmm. your heart and mm-hmm. stuff so that's what the big yeah. rock stuff is for me is yeah. and I don't think enough people ever sit back and, and you know as a mm-hmm. business owner mm-hmm. if you don't evaluate your business where do you know where to go how do you steer that ship I know totally right yeah so what are your big rocks for me in my life yeah this is hilarious thank you for asking because <laughs> um, while you were saying that I was thinking what are my big rocks you know what you want to hear something so funny so yeah. recently I was having a conversation with my coach and um I was saying, but my priorities. And she was saying, We don't want I'm not I don't want to talk about your priorities. I want to talk about your commitments. And I was like, Yeah, but 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 my priorities, <laughs> right? Like business and da 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 and all these commitments I've made. And um so and there's a whole nother conversation about priorities versus commitments that came out of that conversation with her. But um she said, well, you said that one of your goals is you'd like to lose weight this year. Yeah. And so what are you doing about that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm so tired all the time and <laughs> da, 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 right? And I'm spinning off again the way that I do. And so she said, well, how much sleep do you need a night? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And she said, well, how much would you like? Like, let's, we're going to actually nail this down. Yeah. How much would you like? And I said, I'd like eight hours of rest a day. Yeah. And um, sleep, preferably. <laughs> and she said, okay, well, do you have that? Because we were talking about a similar thing, but using a different term. But like that the my commitments are scheduled in my calendar and they are, they are there mm. like as if it's my wedding. But though, are Nothing those, changes. Are it. they sand or are they the rocks? The rocks. Yeah. Well, that's what she's like coaching me to drill down. What are the rocks yeah. that make my life work? Right. Because my life often actually is about the sand right not the rocks and so when i said that like eight hours a a night of sleep and she said is that in your calendar and i was like no (laughs) like who would schedule sleep in their calendar so you know what i did chad i put a reoccurring personal appointment because i schedule everything i'm the same way yeah right 10 p.m 6 a.m sleep yeah and you know what i found when i looked forward for the next like two months and the commitments that I already had, yeah. that given my word to, that go later in the, in the evening, when I pushed that down to like getting into bed at 11 yeah. or 12, and when I looked at the next day, there's now conflicts. Yeah. And I could see why I'm actually tired all the time because I don't prioritize. And, and prioritize is actually the wrong word because it puts things as if one has a higher value than another. I am not committed to my own health and wellness. Yeah. I have not been. I am committed I to my own health and wellness. The majority of the population. Right? Yeah. And it's it starts with the simplest thing like the rock of sleep. Right. Rest so that 
my body is healing itself and that my brain is optimized. Right. I'm not even doing, I haven't even been doing that, Chad. So that was like maybe two weeks ago. I am catching up on sleep now. <laughs> it's it's amazing. But yeah. this is a rock that's been missing for decades of my life. Right. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. That, exactly, that, right? That's the truth. And people use that for business all the time and never for personal. Right? <laughs> yeah, and like we imagine that we're like, ex- we can compartmentalize ourselves. I mean, I've lived that way for years. It's yeah. like business, Carla, personal life, Carla. And I, I was doing this um, audit of my own integrity last year in a pro- another leadership program I was taking. And we were rating our level of integrity for different things. Yeah. And I noticed as I went through... I was like, well, in business, it's like a five out of five. Yeah. But then I was like, for me personally, it's like a two out of five. And you know what I started doing? I Because I didn't want to just say three out of five. Yeah. I made two columns. Like I did my own thing, <laughs> 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 which is also what I do in life sometimes, right? Yeah. I made two columns. I gave my integ- myself my own integrity rating for my personal life and my business life. And when I got to the bottom and I was like looking at this for the next day or two, I'm like, oh my God, I live my life as if like, I'm like living with high integrity in my business life and low integrity in my personal life as if that doesn't have an impact on me. It just means my integrity is low. Right. Because it's not like... It brings down the averages. Yeah. Right. There's one person here, me. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a bit of a punch to the face yeah. when I looked at that and I Those suck so bad but they're right, so good <laughs> right <laughs> totally so like that's where this year it's like as I'm looking at all of that and like my level of leadership I believe that I determine it yeah and so I want my life and my leadership to impact this world on a much greater level than what it is right now yeah so um I'm I feel like I'm back at the like grassroots stage of it of saying I gotta like clean up the house mm-hmm. which is me yeah and um translate that into business right so or even taking the business side and bring it into your personal right, right? is that well this works really well for growing my company why can't it work <clears throat> really well for growing me right yeah. yeah like when I make a commitment I'm there yeah but then when it's a family related thing I'm not always sometimes like I had it, I had it as a priority yeah. and I put business higher wow. as if there was a higher value of that. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh at that, no, but it's, 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 it's <laughs> funny how human beings do that and, and they know, never right. look at what they're actually doing or why they're doing it. Right? Like how do we not evaluate our language it's or the crazy. stuff going into our heads or uh-huh. the, the stuff our eyes are seeing? Like we, we yeah. hear about all these marriages breaking up and, and I've, counseled people through mm-hmm. divorces and when i i'll ask a man like well mm-hmm. what are you doing to do to make your wife do this well she's crazy well it's obvious she's not all just crazy she might be crazy right. but what are you doing to push that little red button every day right. or what are you doing to not push that red buttons right yeah I, I, it just sucks to say because my son's right there but you hear kids say, well, I didn't mean to do that. Well, what did you mean to do? Right. right? We're all about, a, we're trying so hard to avoid responsibility. Well, that's like, it. Like just. They wh- did it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did you mean to do when you threw uh-huh. that ball at your sister's head? Yeah. Like, what was the purpose behind it? Because if you don't figure that out, you're never going to stop throwing the ball at your sister's head. So right? Totally. One of my, you know, how I, I don't know if I, yeah, I did mention this, I think. Last time I cleaned houses right. for four years. I had a house cleaning business before I started working in construction. 
And one of my clients, um, I would clean the house and no one was there during the day. So she called me and, um, no, she told me the next time I talked to her, she said, yeah, you know, last time I was going to call you, I was going to be so mad at you. And I was like, what happened? And she's like, well, I came in the back door and I took one step on the tile and I nearly slid to the front door. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she's like, I know I had no idea. And then I started like skating through my own house, the hardwood floor. It was it was just a disaster. And mm. I was so mad at you. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, what are, What went on? Here's what happened. Yeah. Her middle child, a oh boy, I love this kid. <laughs> he was so funny. <laughs> on his way home from school, he always had a bit of cash because he would do stuff. Yeah. Odd jobs or whatever. He, I don't know exactly what he did, actually. But he, he stopped into the dollar store on his way home from school. And he bought a stink bomb. Oh. And he brought it home. No one was home. And he just set it off in the house. <laughs> and apparently it was really, really stinky. Yeah. So he ran downstairs to the furnace room where all the cleaning supplies were, grabbed the air freshener and raced through the house, spraying air freshener everywhere before anyone got home. And soaking the floor. And, and guess what the air freshener was? What? Pledge furniture polish. <laughs> <laughs> so when she told me this story, I said, what was he thinking? And she said, he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and this was this oh. was the whole, like, when you're saying this about, like, when you're, like, to your producer, like, why did you throw that ball yeah. at your fi- sister's head, right? <laughs> this is the whole thing. It strikes me as, like, we are born as wild animals. Yeah. And our parents, part of their responsibility is to domesticate us over right. the next two decades yeah. so that we actually are thinking about... Perhaps setting a stink bomb off inside the house is not the best idea. Right. <laughs> or throwing a ball at your sister's <laughs> head. What were you thinking? Actually, nothing. Yeah. But what did you think would happen? So the the moral here is to think, what is going to happen if right. I do this? Right. <laughs> One story I've been telling, and I don't tell it well, uh, and it was from <laughs> you. It was about how in that Italian village, they would cut the trees down for their grandkids' yes. homes. Totally. Um, and I think that's what most people miss in life. Like, yes. you know, the one guy that I was counseling through a divorce, or yeah. I was trying to counsel him to stay married, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, he just couldn't take any responsibility for what he mm-hmm. did. And I'm like, how much are you looking at porn? And ah. he's like, well, what does that matter? I'm like, because it matters. Everything, Everything yeah. matters, right? Yeah. The, the, the butterfly yeah. on the pond, right? Those mm-hmm. waves go out everywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, not... Neither here nor mm-hmm. there, whether the porn is good or bad. That's not mm-hmm. the point. But is it working? You know, right. if you're doing that, mm-hmm. what? How are? How is that changing the way you act towards your wife or totally. other women around you totally. or whatever? So, mm-hmm. if it's not going to work well for you mm-hmm. in the long run, and it's funny, I just yeah. put the book up there, Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules of Life. He talks about this, like do what's right for you. Yeah. First, do what's right yeah. for you, but not only right for you, it's got to mm-hmm. be right for you and your family. And your community and the world. Yeah, so like if, literally. How is watching porn good for you and your wife? It might be good for you at that right. moment, but is it good? Good, and maybe yeah. for some couples, it is good for you right. and your wife. But is it good for the rest of the world? But is it, yeah, right. So if you you dial those questions in mm-hmm. for yourself, but everyone yeah. wants to go. Well, this isn't my fault. 
Oh, I, it's all that shifting the the responsibility, right. like shift the blame over there, yeah. so that I don't need to look at myself in the mirror. Yeah, that that was one <clears> of <throat> the um, uh, the things a pastor in the past had brought up was mm-hmm. that biblically it talks about men being the leaders of the household, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people misrepresent that as mm-hmm. you know they're the boss of the house. You're right. not the boss; you're the leader. Leader's yeah. not always the one that gives the orders, mm-hmm. uh, but you are the one that creates the culture mm-hmm. and, and stuff along mm-hmm. with the other people in the house. Mm-hmm. And so I took that as it's when things go sideways in my house, when I hear my kids fighting or my mm-hmm. wife is upset. I, yeah. The very first thing I do is I go, "Well, what have I done to create this?" That's so cool, Chad. If if people just start with that right so uh-huh. there's problems in business and bosses go well you know the stupid employees didn't listen to me right well maybe they're not stupid employees mm-hmm. maybe you didn't communicate well maybe yeah. you didn't give constructions yeah. or good tools or good mm-hmm. you know and if it started with the leadership mm-hmm. first saying what could i have done better how yeah. much better would the world be oh my goodness totally right yeah and, uh, you've seen businesses fail you have subcontractors yeah. that are no longer in business anymore mm-hmm. and uh, um, I'm tired of partnering with those people I know unless they're willing yeah. to take a look at it and, and yeah. make changes totally yeah it's interesting you say that because I noticed through the years like I um, one of my friends uh, had a construction company how are we doing for time Mr. Producer Ooh. We really like to talk, we Chad. Do, yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead with your story. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I do love to talk. Yeah. Um, he, well, what story was he going to tell? Oh, yeah, one of my friends had a small renovation company. And I saw him going the route of getting a lot of um, his own staff. Yeah. And I remember I had the thought wow, you know, we weren't able to make that really, like our quality of workmanship was never stellar until we started working with subcontractors. So I was like, hmm, we weren't, like I literally had the thought, hmm, we weren't able to get that to fly and and really roll smoothly. I'm like, that's cool. Maybe he can. Maybe he knows something I don't know. Well, guess what? Like 18 months later, we're having another conversation. No, he almost lost his business over that. Oh, yeah. Then I said to him, I am so sorry because I saw you going that route and this is what I thought and I didn't trust myself like to just even translate the words out of my mouth to say, hey, buddy, like we did already go that route. This is what happened. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, it was fine because I said, I'm really sorry that I didn't share that with you and he was like a probably wouldn't have listened to you anyways right (laughs) so it was fine but it was like yeah how how often do we not like me myself how often do I not actually get the words out of my mouth when I observe something right I've already lived that then why am I not sharing that this is my theory on that because I I used to I went through a point in my life where Mm -hmm. I was like I can't believe Everyone watched me do this and didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of stupid things, right? Mad at my parents, mad at my friends mm-hmm. and family, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you ask the question, would I have listened? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. I look at it the other way where I like to, if it's not destructive, mm-hmm. I like to, my employees will come to me and say, mm-hmm. hey, I want to do this on a job. Mm-hmm. All right, let's give it a go. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Right. And then, but measure it, right? Uh-huh. And then, like, no, that was way slower. We're not going to do that again. Or, oh, no, right. that was awesome. That's our new rule now. Cool. Um, but I think the reason we don't correct mm-hmm. people when we know that it's dangerous is, yeah. is rule number eight. It says okay. um, never tell lies, or at the very least, always tell the truth. Uh, hang on. I got to get so the book awesome. out. I, I got to <laughs> get the exact quote in there because it's important. 
Uh, rule eight, tell the truth or at least don't lie. Mm. So in that chapter, mm. it talks about <clears throat> how um, if you lie, mm-hmm. you will treat you like a liar. So ah, we're, totally. we're all guilty of it, right? right? We all, at the very least, we, you yeah. talk about in, you know, measuring yeah. your integrity. Yes. How often do you come through for your customers and right. how often do you come through for your family? So right. now all of a sudden, you're a liar. And anyone oh, that says they're goodness. not a liar, right. they're not measuring themselves right. well. Because we all like to think that we're pretty awesome people. Yeah, we're like... Exactly. Um, But then is that true in all areas of your life? And Mm -hmm. so when you measure that integrity and go, do I lie? Do I make up stories? Do I whatever? Then you treat you like a liar. So when you in your head go, oh, that's that's the wrong way to do that. But I'm a liar. Right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> How right? do I give oh, out that goodness. information? So the yeah. more we practice integrity in every mm-hmm. area of our lives, where yeah. you know, if I say I'm going to do this and I don't mm-hmm. do that, well, now I'm mm-hmm. a liar. Yeah. Or, or I'm lazy. Or, totally. Um, and now we've got that track like running in our head. Right. Yo, know, I can so see that, and it holds us back. With our health and wellness uh, group that we have on Sundays mm-hmm. where we're helping people yeah. get through uh, some health issues mm-hmm. and, and fitness and that kind of stuff, is we, we talk about don't go from, you know, if you eat six bags of potato chips and a <laughs> box of cookies every week, yeah. well, that's okay. Just start measuring it, right? right? Write it down and put it in yeah. that MyFitnessPal or mm-hmm. one of those carb apps and just, just measure it. Don't even change anything other than you're going to measure it. And then I want you to just take one thing. Maybe it's yeah. a cookie. You eat a box of cookies every day, just eat a box minus one. That's it. Do that for a week. And then one less, one less, one Mm -hmm. less. And for every one bad thing that you take out, Mm -hmm. add a little good thing. So instead of having that last cookie, have Mm -hmm. a big gulp of water. Right. Just those small changes. But you do those, uh, I used to say in martial arts, if you got 1% better every day. Yeah. Where would you be in 100 days? Right. Twice totally. as good as you were, right? Right. So totally. those are where people yeah. get things wrong is that yeah. uh, they think of themselves as failures because like, oh, I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Five days later, they haven't lost weight. <laughs> a year later, they haven't lost totally. weight. Totally. Right? You're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not about losing weight. Yeah. It's about just being truthful. What can I do, right? Right. Get eight hours sleep. Oh, my add goodness. one more cup of water a day. Oh my goodness. Take away one bag of chips. I love this. This is so easy to to get on that boot. Yeah. And then when you succeed at that, you're like, oh, what else can I do? And now all of a sudden you're a succeeder, not a failure. Yeah. Or not a liar or not a cheater or not like all these things that that we, because subconsciously we treat ourselves like these horrible people. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. That you're... Five pounds heavier than you were last year. Well, now you're a piece of garbage. You can't. <laughs> I wanted to lose weight, now I'm up five pounds. Right. And it's like, it's so funny. It's like, am I actually a piece of garbage? No. No. Like, it's just, I love this. I love that, though, what I'm hearing is, like, in writing it down, it's actually going to be, like, grounded in reality. I wish I knew why that worked. Because I don't know why, but I know it mm-hmm. does. It, yeah. Every successful people in the world say, just write it down. Yeah. And then post it someplace where you can see it. We have financial goals written on my mm-hmm. bathroom mirror. Cool. So when I get up in the yeah. morning and I pee and I go to wash my hands, yeah. I look up I'm like, that's what I'm doing today. That's and, so cool. Uh, yeah, there's something about humans that we're hardwired that we will move towards. We move towards a goal, yeah. whether it's written or not. You know, yeah. like if there's the goal of like being a failure, then that's the goal we're moving towards. Right. Um, yeah, I don't really have the answer for that right now, but... I think 
that's fascinating. Like, I know. I know we move toward, we're always moving towards whatever our sights are on and that like looking at what's actually reality, it must ground us somehow. So I'll, I'll ask you this question because mm-hmm. it was about your personal integrity. Yeah. Do you put in your family mm-hmm. stuff in your calendar? Yeah. But like, so here's the thing, <laughs> like four times a year. Yeah. So like one of the things that I started doing was my, my one sister who has six children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I have nine nieces and nephews. I love those kids. I miss when they were little, yeah. like you know, <laughs> they'd be, my sister with the six children, they'd, they'd like puppy pile me. So yeah. I'd go over there and then like, we'd be horsing around on the floor and they'd all start patting on me and I'd pretend that I was getting squished and like yelling, help, help. Right. I loved every second of it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I just, why did I make my life all about work? Right. It's, my life has not been, for, on a personal level, it has not been rich and full. And yeah. I'm out to change that this year. It's awesome. Yeah. Like in some ways, to be honest, I'm actually glad that this industry is a little bit slow this year. Yeah. Because I'm that sister, <laughs> she's issuing me these challenges <laughs> <laughs> through this app on our phone. 50,000 step challenges. Okay. Yeah, like she is just destroying me. (laughs) Even when I went hiking in the mountains that weekend with girlfriends, I was like way ahead. And she was like, what have you done? Right. I even contemplated sticking it in Sadie Bell, my dog's backpack. <laughs> right? Just I'll kick that girl. I got to no win one of these challenges. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, but the thing is, um, what we've been doing is when we get together, we immediately plan the next time, whether it's two weeks or four weeks out. Yeah. And I'm loving it. Yeah. Like I'm so, and both of us, it's so like satisfying and we're having fun as sisters being a part of one another's lives. And, yeah. And like she knows she struggles with ish, some issues with anxiety and I struggle with some issues. Like I've had a jealousy of her through the years of being married and having children. And in us just like being together in our lives and talking about it, I'm telling you, Chad, those things are just disappearing right. for both of us. It's yeah. so fun. And it makes sense, right? It's just, um, uh, that was uh, one of the things that my buddy Dion, I was trying to tell you earlier when I got off track was this yeah. uh, course called, uh, um, Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting the words. It's not financial freedom, something freedom. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's a course that was put on. It takes about yeah. six months to do it, but yeah. it digs into your past and just yeah. allows you to um, yeah. address the mm-hmm. you know the jealousies and yeah. the everything or why parents um, mm-hmm. you know why you're mad at your mom or your dad. Right. Or just address those and then let them go. Like yeah, this is what it is. Yeah. Put it in a fire. It's all done. <laughs> I was talking to my coach about something the other day and he's like... Freedom sessions. Freedom sessions. I love it. I feel like I'm getting freedom (laughs) sessions through another avenue. I do too. (laughs) Totally, right? Um, I was saying whatever to him. uh, Actually, something about the church background. And he he said to me, here's the thing, Carla. And this is going to be like, you might not want to hear it, but here's the thing. So what? One of my favorite comedians is Dennis Leary, yeah. and he said he wanted to start a therapy group, and it was called Shut the Fuck Up. Right, <laughs> Every totally. time you complained about something stupid, just shut so the fuck what? up. Right? I know. That's, that's really, that's what it is. And, I know. Um, why, it, why can't we do that? It's in the past. Like, who cares? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's like, it doesn't mean like in saying who cares, but it's like, cool beans. It's over, done with. There's right. nothing you can do to change it. Right. 
So yeah, mom did this. <laughs> that was who she was. <laughs> this is, I'm not going to let it affect who I am. Yeah. Uh, my, I shouldn't even say that. Yeah, I can. I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I always question myself when I'm talking about my family. I just know. to make sure that <laughs> I'm not getting in trouble. But yeah. um, uh, challenges that people have in work where mm-hmm. uh, a lady had spoke about my wife in a poor way at work. Yeah. And my wife's a very good worker. Yeah, and she's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, I just said, listen. You need to go to that lady and say, yeah. I get that you said this. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand that you have zero power. Whatever right. you say to whoever you say it to yeah. means nothing to mm-hmm. me. And we need to do that in our real lives where like mm-hmm. someone cuts you off in traffic. Don't let that ruin your damn day. You don't know what I want that guy or yeah. you know, your boss is being a jerk that day. So what? Right? It just doesn't matter. Totally. Just be the best person you can be regardless Literally. of what the other yeah. people are doing around yeah. you. Yeah. That's a hard one, especially when it comes to parents and and yeah. upbringing. And, <clears> and you know, I, I told my pastor, I'm not very good at honoring my parents, and I need to be way, way right. better at it. Yeah. Especially if I want my kids to to right. honor me. That right. uh, you know, I look at them and I blame them for a bunch of stuff. And then right. I think, Dude, come on, you're an adult. You're not really <laughs> considering it from their perspective. Well, not yet. Not even that. That. Mm-hmm. Um, what they did mm-hmm. shouldn't have an effect on me now. Yeah. It did when I was little, right. right? To be around an alcoholic is not a good place for a kid yeah. to grow up. Yeah. But I'm an adult now. That's got nothing to do yeah. with what happened. When I yeah. get up in the morning, it's what I choose to happen to me mm-hmm. that day, not what my dad chose totally. to do 30 years ago. Yeah. Or 40. I'm old now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah. Where are we at for time-wise? 140 something? 143. Mm. Have we missed anything? I think we've hit mm. so much stuff. I don't think we've missed anything. I know. we got to have you back again. We have to do coffee way more often. I know. This and at is least so do this two, fun. three times a year. I love it, Chad. All right. Yeah. Good, good. So uh, tell everybody uh, what they need to know about Mayfield Renovations. Yeah. So um, as you know, I'm Carla from Mayfield Renovations. Yeah. And we specialize in... We specialize in Changing homes to reflect your unique personality. That is brilliant. That's really what we're all about. Yes. And they really do. I've known Carl, like I said, Mm -hmm. for uh, five or six years Mm -hmm. now, and I've met their customers, and I've been on their jobs, and they're well run. Yeah. Um, You guys are a great company. If I uh, didn't have a great job, I'd be applying there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'd love to have you on the team doing all the stuff you do. so much fun to do. Hmm. Hmm. Don't let my bosses do this (laughs) They'll be like, Chad, (laughs) Carla's never coming on the podcast again. That's it. Just Uh, kidding. uh, My bosses are awesome. If there was a great opportunity, they would just, they would be like, thank you for your service. Totally. That's not where we're at at all. Yeah. But what do we want to say to the guests? Thank you for listening. We're going to be in the outro. Eric, you want to run the outro? Thank and yeah, really thank you. Thank you, thank and you. And thank you, Chad and Eric. It's been such an honor and so fun to be here again. We're gonna do it again. Oh uh, yeah. Soon. I can't wait. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. This podcast is over. <laughs>